welcome everyone to an exciting week five of Strider NFL Football Reviews. I'm your host, Ian Strider, and we've got a great show because there was so much exciting football this weekend. We're going to go through our primetime lights and primetime bites like, we are, like we've been doing. Then we'll jump into the lame ducks. We got hot takes again. And I'm bringing back On The Rise and might get the prize with another team I'm featuring that might just make the Super Bowl this year. Then my fan favorites, followed by favorite best games of the week. And then I might just have a little fantasy spotlight surprise for you at the end of the show. So let's jump right on into it with Primetime Lights and Primetime Bites. Let's start things off with a Thursday night game where the LA Rams beat the Seattle Seahawks 27-17. And this was an exciting and competitive divisional matchup. But lower scoring than expected, especially in the first half, which ended 7-3 in the Seahawks' favor, although there were definitely points left on the board for both teams. In the first quarter, though, Seattle drove the ball into field goal range, but chose to go for it on 4th and 2 from the 29-yard line instead of taking the field goal, and running back Alex Collins got absolutely stuffed by the reigning defensive player of the year, Aaron Donald, creating a turnover on downs. On the subsequent drive, Matthew Stafford drove all the way to Seattle's 9-yard line, only to throw an interception to his former Detroit Lions teammate and good friend Quandre Diggs. Throughout the game, both defenses played tight with strong pressure on the quarterbacks and mostly clean coverage in the secondary, aside from the huge 47-yard pass interference penalty against Rams rookie cornerback Robert Rochelle, which led to the lone touchdown of the first half, giving Seattle the lead. Then, in the second quarter, Seattle blew two more scoring opportunities, throwing an interception in field goal range and then missing a field goal on their last drive of the half. But in the second half, points were easier to come by, with the Rams scoring 13 due to a missed extra point in the third quarter and both teams scoring 10 in the fourth. However, the biggest storyline in this game was definitely the finger injuries of both quarterbacks. Matthew Stafford appeared to dislocate his index finger in the first half, but popped it back into place himself as he described after the game. Although his throws were less accurate for the rest of the game, he was still able to produce multiple scoring drives with deep throws to his receivers Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and Deshaun Jackson. Woods had an especially big game after not getting a lot of targets in the last week's loss to the Cardinals. But in this game, Woods caught 12 of his 14 targets for 150 yards, no doubt pleasing all of his fantasy football owners. Coincidentally, Russell Wilson also suffered a finger injury on a pass attempt where his hand got jammed against Aaron Donalds as he raised his hand in the face of Wilson while charging forward to stuff the play. Wilson's injury, which turned out to be a sprained finger that's going to sideline him for multiple weeks, was far worse than Stafford's knocking him out for the rest of the game and forcing backup nine-year journeyman Geno Smith to step in the game and try for a comeback. And Geno played better than I expected, but in the end, he did what most quarterbacks do, eventually mess up and throw a crucial interception, which cost Seattle their final chance to come back for the win, leaving the ruckus Seattle fan base dejected and worried, not only because of the loss, but also for the concern over how long their all-star quarterback might have to sit out of games with the injury. Now, the Rams sit at 4-1, and one, only one game behind the division-leading Cardinals, 
the only remaining undefeated team in the league, who served up the Rams with their first loss last week, of course. And meanwhile, Seattle sits at the bottom at 2-2. Two two. But it's still very early in the season, and they're a team that should be competitive throughout the year. For my Thursday night primetime bites, well, I had a craving for a cheeseburger for like over a week, so I ordered from Smashburger, and I got the perfectly cooked double cheeseburger with grilled onions, pickles, and tomatoes, spot-on tater tots, and perfectly seasoned crispy Brussels sprouts. And I like to order from Smashburger, especially because I can get a healthier side dish in the Brussels sprouts, even though I also got the tots. Their burgers are also really good, like a big, juicy diner-style burger, where the burger patties are seared to get a crisp crust while the meat stays super juicy and flavorful. It was awesome, totally satisfied my cheeseburger craving, at least for the time being. Now for the Sunday primetime game, the Buffalo Bills went into Kansas City for a revenge match for the AFC Conference game from last year and dominated 38-20. Patrick Mahomes had a day where he just wasn't his usual best-in-class self. Even though he was still very good, throwing for two touchdowns and 217 yards on three completions, he threw two costly interceptions at pivotal moments. There were some key incompletions on third and fourth downs. He didn't make the jaw-dropping off-balance throws we've come to expect from him. And there were some big-time drops from his receivers, too. Not to mention, the Chiefs' defense struggled against Buffalo's offense all day, who were playing in top form. Josh Allen, who went for 15 of 26 for 315 yards and and three touchdowns with zero interceptions, was in perfect control of the Bills' offense, and his decision-making was dead on all game. When he decided to run it, it was incredibly effective almost every time, adding another 59 yards off 11 rushes and another touchdown, making him the top rusher for the Bills on the day. A key turning point happened near the end of the first half when the Chiefs were still only down by a touchdown at 17-10 when they went for it on 4th and 5 at Buffalo's 32 instead of trying the 49-yard field goal, and the pass to Travis Kelsey was incomplete, resulting in a turnover on downs. Then, two plays into Buffalo's drive, with a minute 26 seconds before the half ended, Josh Allen threw a 53-yard deep bomb to his rising star tight end Dawson Knox for a touchdown. Kansas City was able to pull off a field goal drive to finish the half, but they were still down by 11 points going into the break, which turned out to be a much longer break than expected due to the lightning that forced players, officials, and fans inside for protection. And I'm sure the fans probably had a lot to drink in that hour before they got back on the field. In the second half, Kansas City's night went from bad to worse, with Mahomes throwing a pick six in the third quarter and another interception on the next drive. Definitely not typical of Mahomes. Although the pick six was a tipped ball that went off Tariq Hill's fingers, and he really should have caught it, and normally does, but, you know, shit happens. (laughs) Even though the Chiefs scored one more touchdown to give them a fishing chance at the end of the third quarter, they couldn't do anything in the fourth. The Bills offense, meanwhile, played keep away with a seven and a half minute, 12 play drive for the final touchdown of the game. Now, Kansas City has lost to three top teams in the AFC in Buffalo, Los Angeles, and Baltimore, 
and the likelihood of them getting back to the Super Bowl is seeming more and more slim. For my Sunday primetime bites, I kind of carried over a feast that I had enjoyed all day. I had been craving Chinese food, like kind of American Chinese food, which I hadn't had in a really long time. So I decided to go throwback style to a restaurant that I used to get delivery from all the time, a place called Red Jade on 14th, right off a of market. And they have lunch boxes where you get like one item, rice and some soup. And then they give you like a fortune cookie. So I decided to go double stacking it where I got two lunch boxes, one with the General Chow's chicken. I had them add broccoli. So I had General Chow's chicken and broccoli and some white rice. And it came with a really good hot and sour soup. And the General Chow's chicken was crispy and flavorful and sweet and a little bit spicy. They do a really good job with it. And then I had another box where I had them do Mongolian beef, which has a nice peppery flavor. The beef was super tender, some good vegetables and green onions and bell peppers. And I asked them to give me chow mein instead of rice on that dish, which they did for an extra three bucks, which was perfect. So then I had chow mein, rice, two, two meat, two different meat dishes. And then I got an appetizer of crab meat rangoon. And this place has probably the best crab meat rangoon I've ever had. The, the fried wonton is crispy perfectly. It's not, it's not like, you know, overly crispy. And it's a nice balance of crab, cream cheese on the inside. Absolutely delicious. And when you pay that much for all that food, they throw in a couple barbecue pork buns, which is cool. And they're not my favorite, but I, I got to enjoy them as well. And they also give you these really yummy things for dessert. They're like sesame balls. That have like it's like a, a chewy dough with sesames all around it and then it's hollow and on the inside there's some like bean paste that's sweet and tasty just a, a nice little addition to go on to have right before having the fortune cookies delicious lunch and then i had a whole second serving for my sunday prime time bites dinner awesome meal and it made my sunday really fun but it also made me really full and i kind of passed out for like 45 minutes of the afternoon games because of it. So I had to kind of go back and see what happened at those points in the game. For the Monday night primetime game, Indianapolis had a chance at upsetting the Baltimore Ravens, but the Ravens had an epic comeback winning 31 to 25. And it seemed like the Ravens were so intent on getting the record for longest streak of 100 rushing yards that they spent too much time trying to run the ball early in the game while the Colts picked apart Baltimore's defense as they worked their way up to a lead of 22-3 late in the third quarter. And the pass defense of the Ravens is going to be a question mark going forward and they especially look bad in this game. But finally, the Ravens abandoned the run on the next drive where Lamar's passing was perfect and on the fifth play of it, he hit a gorgeous deep pass to Marquise Hollywood Brown for a 43-yard touchdown. The Colts would only score one more field goal in the game as the Ravens' defense tightened. The special teams also made a huge play when Calais Campbell blocked a field goal to help with the comeback. Lamar put together a passing clinic on two more scoring drives, both with successful two-point conversions to his safety net tight end Mark Andrews to tie the game, and Mark Andrews had a huge day. 
the Colts had a chance for a 47-yard field goal on the following and final drive of the game to prevent overtime, but kicker Rodrigo Blankenship, who reportedly had been suffering from issue with his hip and had missed an extra point to go with the blocked field goal earlier, missed this kick as well. And the Ravens got the ball in overtime and then methodically drove down the field on a 10-play drive that ended in a walk-off touchdown pass from Lamar to Hollywood Brown the second time they hooked up for a touchdown that day. It was the biggest comeback of Jackson's early career, and even though his team didn't set a new record for consecutive games with 100 rushing yards, Lamar set a record of his own throwing for the highest completion percentage when throwing for over 400 in a single game. While the Colts played really really good for most of the game and quarterback Carson Wentz and running back Jonathan Taylor had great games they'll be going into week six with a 1-4 record with slim hopes at the playoffs now for my Monday primetime bites I decided to you know take it easy after that big Chinese food day I had on Sunday and I actually still had Chinese food leftovers on Saturday on excuse me on Monday that I ate late in the afternoon So I went to Safeway and I picked up a packaged Southwestern style salad with seasoned chicken, shredded cheese, tortilla crisps, and a ranch dressing and a heaping of romaine lettuce. And it was refreshing and tasty and really good. Sometimes you don't need junk food on a football game. You can enjoy something light, refreshing, healthy, and I had a lot more energy afterwards. Okay, moving on. It is time for (laughs) Lame Ducks Kickers are the theme of the lame ducks this week and there were 12 missed extra points this weekend which ties the most in one week in modern nfl history and to go with that there was also 12 missed field goals making it arguably the worst week for kickers in the super bowl era but a large share of those came from one game, and that was the Green Bay versus Cincinnati game where Green Bay managed to get just enough to win it 25-22, to and it really was an awesome game. I mean, it was a wild game with some stellar quarterback-slash-receiver tandems with Aaron Rodgers to Vontae Adams representing the old guard and Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase blooming into the next big duo. Adams had 206 yards and a touchdown of Aaron Rodgers' 344 passing yards and two touchdowns, while Jamar Chase had 159 yards and one touchdown off Burrow's 281 and two passing touchdowns. This is a rookie getting 159 yards in his fourth game. But all this was overshadowed by the kicking craziness that started with 2.16 left in the game when it was tied 22-22. to After hitting three field goals earlier in the day, Mason Crosby missed a chip shot 36-yarder to get Green Bay back in the lead. But not to be outdone, the Bengals set their rookie kicker Evan McPherson up with a chance to take the lead on a 59-yard attempt and he missed it. Then, doing as Aaron Rodgers does, he took all but two plays to go and set Mason Crosby up again with a 51-yard redemption opportunity with three seconds left in the game, and Crosby missed his second field goal in a row. And it just kept going in overtime. Burrow threw an interception on the first play to set up another easy scoring opportunity for Green Bay, and after they couldn't move the ball, Crosby got the opportunity and missed his third field goal in a row. 
only for the Bengals to then drive down the field just so they could also miss another field goal. Just when it finally seemed like this game was destined to end in a tie, Aaron Rodgers drove down the field yet again and set Crosby up one more time, and this time he finally made it, getting Green Bay the win and ending what was the most ridiculous kicking game I think I've ever seen in my life. And that was, by far, the lame duck moment of the weekend. And now it's time for Hot Takes. Let's start things off with the New York Jets losing 20-27 to to the Atlanta Falcons in the first London game of the year. First round draft pick for the Falcons, Kyle Pitts, had his first big game of his career catching 9 receptions out of 10 targets for 119 yards and a touchdown to help the Atlanta Falcons offense continue to click like it had begun to do last week. The Jets made a valiant attempt at a comeback in the second half after being down 20-3 thanks to some big plays on all sides of the ball, including a huge 65-yard kickoff return by Tevin Coleman at the start of the third quarter, which set up their first touchdown, as well as a forced fumble by their defense and some huge deep bombs by rookie quarterback Zach Wilson. They got within a field goal, but couldn't stop Atlanta from scoring another touchdown to clinch the game. It'll be fun to see how these two teams, and especially their rookies, improve over the year. And for the second hot take, the Detroit Lions just barely lost to the Minnesota Vikings 17-19. And this was another crushing defeat for Detroit, who thought they had the win only to see their opponent pull off another improbable field goal drive to win the game as the final seconds clicked off the clock just like they had lost to the Baltimore Ravens. Both of these teams continue to make for great football television, putting together games that have been exciting and have come down to the final drive on many occasions. But I don't think either of them are going to be in playoff contention come year-end. And for the next hot take, the Miami Dolphins got destroyed, losing 17-45 to the red-hot Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jacoby Brissett, you know, and the Dolphins, they went toe-to-toe with Brady's Bucks for in the first quarter, each scoring 10 points. But then the GOAT show took over. Tom Brady had one of his best games of his career, throwing for 30 of 41 for 411 and five touchdowns. It's the first time in his career to throw for over 400 yards and five touchdowns in a game. And man, he's got playmakers to help him out nowadays. Antonio Brown went 7 for 124 yards and two of the touchdowns, and Mike Evans went for another six receptions for 113 yards and another two touchdowns. Miami couldn't get much going in the rest of the game after the first quarter, giving up a couple turnovers and only completing 28% of their third downs. Keeping our hot takes going, was New Orleans winning in strong fashion 33-22 to against the Washington football team. And it seemed like this game would go into halftime tied 13-13 until Jameis Winston slung the ball 49 yards into the end zone in a Hail Mary attempt as the clock went to zero on the second quarter and the Saints young wide receiver Marquez Callaway high-pointed the ball for an awesome touchdown 
to put them up by seven and they maintain the lead for the rest of the game. The Washington football team's defense, which was a strength for them last year, continues to be a major issue this year. For the Saints, they're keeping themselves relevant with a 3-2 record and it'll be interesting to see if head coach Sean Payton can reel back Jameis Winston's gunslinger tendencies so he avoids the costly interceptions that have haunted him throughout his career. Today, gunslinger worked. Next week, who knows? And the last hot take I have for today is the Tennessee Titans dominating the Jacksonville Jaguars 37-19. And King Derrick Henry and the Titans offense had another monster day where he ran for 130 yards and three touchdowns on 29 carries. Although Ryan Tannehill has played well and they have a solid receiver in A.J. Brown, when he's healthy, this team will only go as far as King Henry will take them. After their upset loss to the Giants last week, they've got to be feeling a lot better with this win as they stay in control in the AFC South. And for Jacksonville, their consecutive losing streak is now at 20, second most all-time in the NFL, and it seems like any win this year will be a success for this struggling team. The distractions by head coach Urban Meyer not returning with the team after their prior week loss in Cincinnati, only for him to get caught on camera with a girl dancing on his lap at a club, aren't helping, and one has to wonder if Coach Meyer will be one and done at the end of the season. On a brighter note, their number one first overall draft pick, Trevor Lawrence, continues to get better as he adjusts to the NFL. He had another solid stat line with 23 completions on 33 attempts for 273 yards with one touchdown and one INT in the loss. And it's now time for this segment I like to call On the Rise and Might Get the Prize, where I feature a team that's coming up and looks like they might make it all the way. And today I'm talking about the Dallas Cowboys who dominated the New York Giants 44-20. And Dak Prescott continues to keep his name in the conversation for league MVP or at least offensive player of the year with his masterful control over this offense. He had another efficient day throwing for 22 completions off 32 attempts for 300 yards with three touchdowns and one interception, giving him an excellent quarterback rating of 116.9. And Ezekiel Elliott also continues to have a resurgent year rushing for 110 yards and a touchdown off 21 carries. Backup running back Tony Pollard continues to look as good as many starters in the league. He helped out with another 75 yards on the ground plus another 28 receiving yards. And C.D. Lamb is proving to be the perfect pairing with Amari Cooper in the passing game. They each bring a different skill set and Lamb's speed is just awesome to watch. His 49-yard sprinting touchdown catch was epic and was a big chunk of his 84-yard day. For the Giants, it was a rough day for their offensive stars as running back Saquon Barkley sprained his ankle when he accidentally rolled it by stepping on Dallas cornerback Jordan Lewis's foot. Then quarterback Daniel Jones, who was playing better and better as the year went on and earning his first-round draft status, I thought, took a massive hit to the head which he initiated, by the way, when he was running towards the pylon trying for a touchdown. The concussion was obvious pretty much right away when he staggered and almost fell over as he walked back to the huddle. 
Also their number one receiver Kenny Galladay hyperextended his knee and was also out for a large part of the game. The reports on Monday seem to indicate Barkley, Galladay may not miss much time, but their status along with Daniel Jones, who will have to go through the concussion protocols, which could certainly have him sidelined for at least a game, won't be known until later in the week. Okay, now it is time for Fan Favorites, where I get to talk about my three favorite teams in the league, the Chicago Bears, the Denver Broncos, and the San Francisco 49ers. And we'll start things off with the Denver Broncos, unfortunately losing 19-27 to to the Pittsburgh Steelers. For the first three quarters, this game wasn't even close, with Pittsburgh scoring 24 points, more than they'd scored in any game all season, while the Broncos had managed only a measly six points from two field goals in the first half. For the first time this year, the Steelers lived up to the offseason hype and their offense was balanced and showed the explosive plays football analysts had expected of them. Ben Roethlisberger was accurate and made some huge throws right from the beginning when he threw a 50-yard touchdown pass to Deontay Johnson on their first drive, part of his efficient 253-yard, two-touchdown day where he avoided big mistakes or turnovers. The balance from the running game, which had been missing so far this year, was key to opening up the passing game. First-round rookie running back Najee Harris had his first big game of his career, rushing for 122 yards off 23 carries and a touchdown. It was the first game where he had more than 13 carries, and just like most premier starting running backs, the heavier work opened up some big plays, including the key 20-yarder at the beginning of the second quarter to set up a Steelers field goal. For the Steelers' wide receivers, Chase Claypool was responsible for more than half of the team's receiving yards, going for 130 off of five receptions and one of Ben Roethlisberger's two touchdowns. They did suffer a big loss when top receiver Juju Smith-Schuster was injured early in the game and apparently went to the hospital with a shoulder injury. It was later reported he'll miss the rest of the season. A big blow for the Steelers. Bronco fans like myself got to enjoy one quarter of football at the end of the game when Denver finally got the offense going. It took them three fourth down conversions, including a touchdown from the two-yard line for the first score of the half. Then they played complimentary football with their defense forcing a three and out to be followed by another Broncos touchdown on the following drive when Cortland Sutton made a diving 39-yard touchdown catch off Teddy's deep bomb near the sideline, getting Denver within a score. But hopes were dashed in the end when Bridgewater couldn't pull off more fourth down magic with 17 seconds left, and he couldn't find an open receiver and threw an interception to the end zone when trying to get it back to his favorite target of the day, a well-covered Sutton. Teddy had space to scramble to the left to extend the play until maybe a receiver got open, but he rushed the throw. Cortland Sutton had a big day for fantasy fans with seven receptions off 11 targets for 120 yards, but he wasn't able to get the game-winning catch. It's a tough loss for the Broncos, their second in a row, and puts question into the legitimacy of the team that started 3-0. But the three wins came from the bottom-rung opponents in the Giants, Jaguars, and Jets. It's not going to get any easier for Denver in the next two weeks when they play the division rival Raiders at home and then the Browns in Cleveland. 
two more balanced teams with offensive firepower and aggressive defenses. If they can win at least one of those two games, I'll maintain faith that the Broncos have a shot at the playoffs. Otherwise, it's going to feel like another lost year for Denver where they're still trying to figure things out. On the other side, this one was enormous for Pittsburgh, giving them their second win of the season and keeping them within a fighting chance in the stacked AFC North. And for my second fan favorite, it's the one where my team actually won the Chicago Bears in an upset, beating Las Vegas Raiders in Las Vegas 20-9. Maybe it was the distraction of Raiders coach John Gruden's racial trope email coming to light, or maybe it was Derek Carr reverting back to his inconsistent play, or maybe the Bears are a solid team when their offense avoids mistakes and stays on the field long enough to let their very talented defense catch their breath. Either way, one of my favorite teams got their third win of the season in spite of David Montgomery's absence with his sprained left knee that's going to keep him off the field for at least a month. Bears rookie quarterback Justin Fields persevered through numerous big hits to have a solid, mostly mistake-free day for his second start of his career, throwing 12 completions on 20 attempts for 111 yards with a touchdown and no interceptions. Also, the backfield looks to be in good hands until David Montgomery's return to action with Khalil Herbert and Damian Williams both having solid days combining for 139 yards and a touchdown. And for the defense, in his return to face the team that drafted him all those years ago, the same year as Derek Carr, linebacker Khalil Mack had a big day, registering seven solo tackles and a sack of his former teammate and good friend. The Raiders, meanwhile, have now lost two in a row and things got a lot worse when it was announced Monday night that John Gruden resigned as head coach after that New York Times article came out with a story saying John Gruden used misogynistic and anti-gay language over numerous emails in a seven-year period. Special teams coach Rich Basaccia will now take over as interim head coach, and now there's an even bigger question mark on how far the Raiders can go this season and if they can snag a playoff spot in a year where things were looking very promising for the first three weeks. Moving on to my third fan favorite game, which was the San Francisco 49ers just barely not able to take out the Arizona Cardinals. And this game was rough for 49ers and their fans, not just because they lost, but in a game against the undefeated division-leading Cardinals, who are arguably the best team in the league right now, they actually were just short of getting the upset. It is the NFL after all, and most games do come down to just a few mistakes or big plays to separate the winner and the loser, but this game epitomized that idea. The 49ers had a chance at two field goals early in the game, but chose to go for it on fourth down and were unsuccessful both times. First on a fourth and two from the 34-yard line where Trey Lance tried to run for the first down and got stuffed by linebacker Zaven Collins. And then it happened again on their very next drive after forcing Arizona to a three and out when the 49ers drove 93 yards down the field on 13 plays and then got stuck at the goal line. 
on fourth and goal from the one-yard line in the second quarter to tie the game 7-7. Instead of settling for the field goal, Trey Lance got stuffed again and took a huge hit in the process as he ran to the right and tried to beat the defender on the angle to the end zone but got stuffed again. I know it was close to the goal line and Trey Lance's running ability certainly seemed able, but the Cardinals covered the play perfectly and left the 49ers without points and dejected. Then in the fourth quarter, they weren't able to capitalize on a turnover when they were down 7-10 and then they were unsuccessful yet again going for it on fourth and four from the 50-yard line with seven and a half minutes remaining in the game which seems so risky trying to pull off that fourth down conversion with a rookie quarterback who's making his first start of his career? <sighs> it was frustrating. The 49ers defense is playing great. I know the Cardinals offense is incredibly dangerous, but maybe it would have been smarter to punt it and give Arizona bad field position and rely on the defensive strength to get the ball back. Because sure enough, on the Cardinals drive after the turnover on downs, Kyler Murray threw an epic 30-yard rainbow to DeAndre Hopkins, who made an impressive cutback for the catch. Murray and Hopkins topped it off with an eye-popping touchdown on a perfect pass and catch that might be one of the best highlights of the year. Hopkins was draped by the defender, but Murray threw the ball into the perfect position and Hopkins made a spinning over the defender catch that was yet another example of why DeAndre New Hopkins is maybe the best ball catcher in the league. It was a huge game for Arizona, managing to win a tough division game when they struggled offensively more than they have all season. For the 49ers, a shot at the playoffs is seeming farther and farther out of reach as losses are beginning to mount, but injuries are mounting even more. It came out after the game that Trey Lance sprained his knee and could miss about two weeks. At least they're on by next week to heal up before they face a feisty Colts team in week seven. Meanwhile, the Cardinals have another big challenge to their undefeated record when they face the very strong Cleveland Browns in Cleveland next week. And now it is time for Favorite Best Games of the Week! Okay, here's my top five for the week. Starting at number five, the New England Patriots beating the Houston Texans 25-22 in a pretty epic comeback fashion. In a matchup of two rookie quarterbacks, the Texans' third-round pick, Davis Mills, was able to outplay the Patriots' first-round pick, Mac Jones, for most of the game. Mills had 21 completions off 29 attempts for 312 yards and three touchdowns and no interceptions, whereas Jones only had 23 of 30 for 231 yards and one touchdown and had that costly interception. It was close early on. Then Houston capitalized on opportunities when New England couldn't to get them up 22-9 late in the third quarter. But then the Patriots did what they do so often under Belichick, come together as a team and find a way to win, coming back and scoring the game-winning field goal with 15 seconds left on the clock. At 2-3, I'm not sold that the Patriots will be able to get into position for a playoff spot this year, but with Bill Belichick, I won't be surprised if they make it happen. For my number four favorite game of the week, it was another comeback win, this time for the Philadelphia Eagles, beating Carolina 21-18. And Philly had a slow start early on as the Panthers' defense was stout, made some big plays, 
and the Eagles offense just didn't play that well, including the boneheaded muffed snap into their own end zone, which resulted in a safety near the end of the second quarter. The safety wasn't as big for Carolina as it could have been as they had a chance to pick up the fumble in the end zone for a touchdown and seven points, but let the ball slide out the back of the end zone. And they weren't able to get any more points on the following drive, so they only got two instead of what could have been even nine points. The Phillies' defense also had some big moments throughout the game, picking off Sam Darnold three times, including two for Darius Slay to help with the comeback win after being down by 12 early on. Their special teams, however, made the play of the game, blocking Carolina's punt with four minutes left to set up a four-play drive that resulted with the Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts running in the game-winning touchdown on a day where he did little in the passing game, throwing for only 198 yards, zero touchdowns, and one interception to go with his botched snap that caused the safety. For Carolina, it's the second week in a row where Sam Darnold has struggled and his stellar play from their first three games is seeming less of a trend and more of a blip to start the season. All right, for my number three favorite best game of the week, that's something we covered during our hot takes. It was the Detroit Lions just barely getting beat by the Minnesota Vikings 17-19. And we talked all about how exciting it was, how they got burnt yet again on another field goal at last minute when they really had a chance after getting that fumble right at the end of the game but they just can't seem to make it make it happen hopefully they'll get a win soon and my number two favorite best game of the week is another game i covered early on which was the monday primetime game and yet another comeback victory and that was the baltimore ravens winning 31 to 25 against the indianapolis colts and man i mean Sometimes when these teams are in the lead, it's like you just kind of wonder, like, why didn't you be more aggressive there? Or why weren't you more careful there? Or why didn't you double the best receiver on the team? But it is what it is. It's the NFL. It's what makes football great, having these great comebacks. It's why I like the parody in the league. And that was my number two favorite game of the week. And now for my number one favorite best game of the week, it was the Los Angeles Chargers winning a huge high-scoring game against the Cleveland Browns, 47-42. to And this was an awesome all-offense heavyweight bout between these two teams who I expect to both be in the playoffs come the end of the season. And right now, the Chargers have proven to be the current favorite to win the AFC West after taking out the Chiefs, Raiders, and now Browns in consecutive weeks. Justin Herbert continues to play at an elite level, throwing for 398 yards and four touchdowns on the day, and he's got a fantastic supporting cast to help him shine. Wide receiver Mike Williams continues to surprise me by how good he's been playing. He racked up six receptions for 165 yards and two touchdowns, and him and fellow receiver Keenan Allen make a perfect one-two punch. And running back rookie Austin Eckler, who his team says is the strongest pound-for-pound player in their locker room, and they showed highlights of him doing one-arm one-arm pull-ups to prove it, also had another huge day rushing for 66 yards and two touchdowns to go with his 53 receiving yards and another touchdown. The Browns' running backs are no slacks either, though. Quite the opposite, as every one of their fantasy owners will contend, including myself. Nick Chubb ran for 161 yards and a touchdown, 
while the lightning to his thunder, Kareem Hunt added another 61 yards and two more touchdowns. And even though none of the Browns receivers had a particularly great game, fifth-year tight end David Njoku had his best game of his career with seven receptions for 149 yards, including a 71-yard catch and sprint to outrun all the defenders for his one touchdown of the day. A tight end outran everyone. Quarterback Baker Mayfield was also solid for the Browns, but wasn't able to convert when it mattered most on the last drive of the game. This game had 12 touchdowns, seven lead changes, and was the highest scoring game so far this season. Absolutely awesome if you love offensive action in the NFL. This is the game to watch on replay over and over. Absolutely loved it. Well, that does it for my reviews of all the games this weekend. There was certainly a lot of fun. Some wild things happened. Some records were broken. A bunch of kickers miffed. It was quite entertaining. And like I promised at the beginning of the show, it's time for a little bit of fantasy football discussion with a couple of buddies of mine from my fantasy football league, the Glory Bowl. I'm going to take you now to a conversation I had with them on Sunday after the games where we discussed how our week, how our weekend went, and it was pretty lively and pretty fun. It's just an excerpt. Hope you enjoy. Check it out. We're doing podcasting history right now, folks. We're doing Simo podcast recordings right now. That's right. On my podcast and on my friend Reinick's podcast, which is called the Sucker Sucker Free Free Champ. Champ. That's right. The Sucker Free Champ is the kid's best, folks. Yeah, give it up for his kids. Yeah. Thank you. I love his clap that he's got, his finger snap he's got on there. Fell snaps. And it's super fun. So I've got, for my viewers, I've got, like I said, I got Reinickus here with us, and I got my really good friend who is the commissioner, the commissioner yeah. of our fantasy football league, the Glory Bowl. That's right. That is Professor Eggs. That's right. What's up, Professor Eggs? Master of Eggs. Master of Eggs. Awesome that you're on my podcast while we're both on our friend Reinickus's Sucker Free Podcast. This That's is super right. fun. It's Cyber Party. So we're going to cover some things about our league because I because I thought we had a great day. It was That's a great right. day. All right, Reinekis, how about you, man? How's your weekend going? It's Sunday night, so we haven't had a Monday night yet. Are you winning in the Glory Bowl yet? Well, in the Glory Bowl, as a defending uh, trash bowl <laughs> champion, <laughs> you know. That's the Consolation Bowl, if you don't know what he's talking about. That's right. As, uh, <laughs> the Consolation Bowl from last That's year. That's right, I'm the Consolation Bracket champion. <laughs> As we said before, the hottest uh, loser in the league. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, I do love your t- your smack talk on on our chat in the league. You're the only one that gets That's things right. going, and it makes it far more exciting. Having fun, having the banter That's that right. you help kick yeah. going, and that definitely makes it for a really good reason That's we enjoy right. our league. Must see fantasy, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so are you uh, are you doing okay this week? So this week is always the same as I was saying. <laughs> Highlight of the fantasy weekend. Every fantasy's player nightmare and, <laughs> and dream opponent. Always <laughs> a nail biter. That's right. That's right. I always, you know, we was talking about earlier. Unfortunately, people didn't catch the awesome segment that you uh, caught last time, right? Yeah, take one didn't record. Oh, man. It was like one of those great jams that only the people oh. there experienced. Yeah. For our listeners, well, only if only you had that. heard. 
the first take of this. Yeah. It was amazing. Things that will never have happened happened again yeah, yeah, happened yeah. during that recording. <laughs> totally forgot that riff, man. And like, right. <laughs> how is your how's your team doing? So I'm caught up in this uh, good competition with uh, Carl Hauser. His name is Two of These Nuts. <laughs> uh, that's our good friend from uh, our, from our, Miami. The, from the commission's good friend from Miami. That's right. Mm-hmm. The Glory Bowl is yeah, uh, he, international. And it's nice getting to know who these people are a little bit. Like I know the guy. He's a nice guy. You know, he's got a yeah. kid. Yeah. But when it comes to fantasy, we can say whatever we want. <laughs> he got off to a good start against me with Metcalf on Thursday, and I put in some shitty Rams player, Van Jefferson, Jefferson. just for fun, just because I was bored Thursday. And I'm glad you explained that to me because you got rid of Sutton, right? No, I just didn't play. I mean, Sutton. who did you? I mean, you benched you benched Sutton. Mm-hmm. Uh, got rid of somebody. Cortland Sutton, yeah, Sutton. Yeah, yeah, Ben Sutton. And Cortland Sutton had an epic day today. He went yeah. and he put up like 27 points or something like that. I told Carl I just wanted to make it interesting. Yeah, well, that was quite funny. I like to have fun, uh, high spotlight games, you know what I mean? All right, so you basically <laughs> gave him like a huge point differential. Yes, that's right. He got like 21 points with his guy that's on right. Thursday night, which was um, DK Metcalf, right? That's right. From that's Seattle. Right. Yeah. And I love DK Metcalf. That's He's right. awesome. Like, he's been a dominant force he's in amazing. fantasy every year. He's been in the league, which is, what, like three years? Yeah. But it's going to be tough with Russell Wilson oh, yeah. being out going forward. When you oh, see Metcalf play, change. he's one of the players you watch and you just wish he gets hurt. <laughs> unless, he's, <laughs> unless he's on your team. Yeah, and he's been on my team every year. Yeah, yeah. I got him in my other league. That's funny. <laughs> but so, I mean, right, I got so a good Thursday lead. started off bad. So Thursday started off bad. He's, you know... He, he was happy. We was t- I, I did a bet with him about uh, type receiver that night. I know. No yeah. one thought just that to get was him a good engaged. Idea. <laughs> he but, just loved getting engaged with me and getting up in there. You know, I'll say if it was worth five bucks to get him engaged, it probably made it far more entertaining it for the rest of your weekend. Yeah. Especially if I win the weekend. He gets yeah. 10 bucks. I told him he won the bet. I said, hey, you get my 10 bucks, but I want to win the game or something. So I'm on this upset streak, and I'm hopefully going to hang on to my good lead because my bomb players like Josh Allen and this. The top stack of the weekend, right? Emmanuel Sanders got my predicted two touchdowns together. Nice, nicely done. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. And oh, I had yeah, uh, Josh Allen did great. Um, Austin Eckler balled for me, and uh, who else balled for me? Uh, Robinson. My kicker, so you guys basically came me. into the night game. James tonight. Robinson balled for me. Mm-hmm. Let me clarify something. So you guys basically came into the night game tonight, where it was like. Both of you got plenty of points on the board still to be had. He had me, and I was still underprojected, but I came through with my top players. They they, they worked out for me. Yeah, got me. Man, now I'm overprojecting. So, that's fun. So you had the you had Buffalo's quarterback, Buffalo's third or second uh, second Emmanuel uh, Sanders, second yep. receiver in Emmanuel Sanders, and you had the number one receiver yep. with the Chargers. Yep. And he had your tight end, Buffalo's yep. tight end, yep. who got a ton of touchdowns. Upset like, touchdown. me. He got like Upset two. Right? He, he got, got more points than your quarterback yep, guy. He did. That was wild. I was mad about. That that made for a great matchup for you, I yeah. imagine. That must have Exciting. been so fun having that matchup. Must see fantasy, baby. Must see fantasy. It was. It was fun for me to watch it. Hell so yeah. there's a chance he can come back on me tomorrow. But right now, I've overprotected. I passed him up in the projections. He's I got was, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, right? I was the underdog. Yeah. But and you know, I'm not going to watch tomorrow. We're going to go raw tomorrow. We're taking the Sucker Free Nation to a raw wrestling. Oh, uh, yeah. You're the uh, huge wrestling fan. you got to go have a great yeah, night tomorrow that's night. Right. So I'm feeling lovely now. We'll see what happens next week when we report and see if I did another back-to-back upset because I beat the top dog last week he was undefeated. So. Mm-hmm. You got some like other big score in the day though, right? There was some moments where you were like, because it seemed like you were feeling pretty good all day. It wasn't just your night game. Like, he who, had that guy, Robinson. Well, Robinson came out of nowhere and scored 25 points me early in the game. James Robinson? What team's James that? Robinson from Jacksonville. Oh, James Robinson. Yeah. He basically was the one player. that leveled out Metcalf for me. 
Yeah, that was yeah. big. That's where you. That's where you got into the and fight. And then his kicker didn't do too well. Because I was thinking, I was. I remember so watching your, your matchup, and you weren't. You know, you were looking like you had a fighting chance, and you were having a good time the whole day. Yeah. It's not like you had this amazing comeback at the end, as much as you needed your players to do well, and they did really well. Yeah, I just tried to stay positive. You know, try to show people what you know what it's like in a sucker-free fantasy land. <laughs> to enjoy the experience of fantasy, you know, whether we win or lose. To experience, enjoy the experience. You right. You know what I'm saying? Because only one man can win, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, man, that sounds like you're walking into tomorrow night with some excitement. You're down by what? Do you know how many points you're down by? About I'm up. I'm up, baby. I mean, yeah, I mean do, you, do you know how many points he's down by? I, well, say, like, I got well, like 30, I think. He's got uh, 87. So he needs like 30. He's got, he's got Jonathan Taylor, and he's got uh, Jackson, Lamar Jackson. So he's like, that's doable. I mean, I hate he, to make Lamar Jackson. Hey, well, I'm already aware. I'm sorry to be rewarding. The man's had a great time. That's exciting. That's exciting, though. Yeah, because it's like you've got two opponents where they could, if one of them doesn't, like, meet their projection, you're probably good. But one of them could easily blow it out. Yeah, the stage like is set. I already conceded to him, and I came back out of nowhere. He could also get zero, as yep. he's done in the free That's right. Guys. That's exciting. <laughs> I'd say for any fantasy fan, as much as you maybe don't want that, it yeah. makes for the most exciting thing. Oh, yeah. You had exciting oh, yeah. moments throughout the day. Yeah, you had yeah. your most exciting That's fun right. Sunday night, and then Monday night, you got to That's watch right. with eager cringeness or ignore it like you're choosing to do. Yeah. But you've got excitement. It's not determined until the last minute. Well, yeah. That's what we want in competition. Oh, yeah. You Super just want fun. exciting, right? Yeah. Whether you win or yeah. lose, you just want to be And that's exciting. what makes football so exciting, right? Yeah. It's Whatever a, makes it fun for Any you. moment kind of game. Like, there were yeah. so many games like that this weekend, like the Bengals and Green Bay yeah. having, like, that crazy moment where they had, like, six or five missed field goals really? at awesome. the end of the game, and then they went to overtime and missed a couple more field goals. We were all on the chat yeah. board. I was uh, like, yeah. miss, miss, we miss. We couldn't miss. believe it. It was, like, was five like, or six kicks missed. Kicks that was wild. <laughs> wild game. That was, I, you know what? Moments those, like that make me love football. Yeah, oh, all those misses didn't help me because I had Aaron Rodgers today. <laughs> and every time he missed it, I was like, I need him to miss this. I need him to yeah. miss this. Every time they would get the ball back and Aaron Rodgers still wouldn't throw another touchdown, it was, it was, it was torture for him. Yeah. All right, well, that sounds like you've got a, had a really good one. Um, thank you very much for giving awesome, us your down awesome. to upload on your team. Stay tuned, folks. Professor Eggs, how What's about you, up? man? How's your week of, of fantasy going? Mr. Dominance. Uh, my week was good, as, yeah, a, right. as opposed to normal, where I egg out as per my name. Egg. But uh, today, there were no eggs had. No eggs for breakfast, no eggs for lunch. I had an egg-free day. Oh, you had more than an egg-free day. You're like, look, you're on the verge of pretty much clenching top score of the week that yeah, I missed. I destroyed today. I, I sat back and relaxed, knowing that I was in good shape. Tom Brady, five touchdowns. Wow. Damian Williams picked him up off the waivers. Oh, my God. Let's talk about Tom Brady for a second. That Brady. was crazy. Now, I heard, I heard a, a stat that I thought was really interesting. Let's this was go! The, this was the first time in all of Tom Brady's career that he has ever gotten 400 yards skulls. and he has gotten five touchdowns combined. 400 yards and five touchdowns. Wow. All of his that whole career. Historic it's the first time Woo. he ever did that. That was Man. pretty exciting. To the benefit. Yeah. And you were the, yeah. the lucky benefactor of that yeah. in fantasy Man. today. Yeah, you know, good thing I won also because it sucks when that happens and then you don't win. You get like 40 points oh from one God. guy and oh, you yeah. still don't win because yeah. so of some who bullshit. Helped, who else helped you get uh, get more points? Uh, yeah, I grabbed Damian Williams off nice. the waivers. Claim, number one. Damian Williams is on what team again? Chicago. Chicago. Oh, yeah, I should for, know that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's right, I forget. Uh, who That's got right, hurt? He was, on, he was in the Kansas City Chiefs and this is his first team yeah, with the Bears. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so he got a touchdown. 
you know, some yards, whatever. Yeah, he was solid, at, you know, and he helped the Bears win today, which was cool, because the Bears beat the Raiders. I know. That was mm-hmm. sweet. Yeah, yep. nobody picked them in our league. Yeah. I got Kareem Hunt, two touchdowns, man, as usual. You can't even, I mean, you expect that from the man at this he's point. He's better when Chubb is on the field, you realize yeah. that? Yeah, it's funny, too, because, like, he gets picked up later in the draft because Chubb's there and he's a backup running back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In my other league, I picked him up, too, and I had, like, all the time in the world to get around to him, and nobody really, like, that league was an auction league, and nobody even uh, bet that much money on him. And I picked guy. him up, and he's been my best running back. Yeah. I even had him on the bench week he's one because there. I've got Christian McCaffrey, uh, yeah. and then I put Christian McCaffrey to the side for that yeah but yeah he is awesome like he's the best yeah. backup running back in the this. league yeah. by far he's pretty much a starter if you think about he, it he is because they be on the field at the same time oh man and he gets like all those like touchdown opportunities yeah anytime like two because they can throw they throw to him yeah lucky you having him yeah pretty stoked about that uh unlucky for me stefan diggs was the only thing close to an egg today with his uh 69 yards that's all he got no touchdown is that your wine and kiss of the that's day? my wine of the day <laughs> 69 measly yards from stefan diggs my number one uh wide receiver pick oh wait was he i don't even know maybe it was deontay johnson who was my first pick there don't know but deontay johnson came through like oh, the Pittsburgh Steelers Pittsburgh Steelers yeah. like within one minute of the game nice. 50 yard touchdown Damn. oh then, yeah that was a huge touchdown I guess yeah. unfortunately my favorite team the Broncos oh yeah getting Pittsburgh in the lead right yeah. away that was brutal for me but you know if you're if you're one of the randos that has him in fantasy yeah. you're stoked hell yeah and then he did nothing until like <laughs> the fourth quarter where he caught one more for like some yards but you know how many points yeah. did he get total he got 13.2 yeah. that's a solid good. score He's like two catches to have a good day. Yeah. Well, if one of them's a 50-yard touchdown. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I was saying earlier. I don't know if we caught it on this episode or the last one. But uh, it was like I said, watching Metcalf. He's one of those players you look at and you just wish to get hurt. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> like watching Kelsey or, you know, like. Because you just oh, yeah. know you're going to like, suffer. You know, if they go dry for three quarters, you know they're still going to catch a 70-yard yeah, It's coming. Yeah, it's definitely like, coming. You know, Hopkins, you're like, oh, yes, yeah. he's got zero all day. And all of a sudden, in fourth quarter. Well, that's what happened with Kelsey today, who's yeah. my tight end, actually. Caught that TD right at the end that saved your ass in your league <laughs> as well. Your Mahomes to Kelsey touchdown. Oh, yeah. It's like when you're playing poker and you're, like, up all night, like, three <laughs> hours, four hours, and then the last hand you play is the one you lose it. Yeah, you lose it all. It's all you're worth nothing. you for five oh, hours. Oh, my dominating. God. And that's another thing that's fun about football. It doesn't even, like, you can think you're doing great all day or your team's doing great, and yep. then, boom, right at the very end, yep. you yeah. have this big, crazy upset. Like, you know, I'll talk about, like I talked about throughout all the games that happened this week. I mean, there were so many games that happened like that this week. So go on, what did you do? Were you like glued to the TV or what were you doing? No, you know, I used to do that. I used to just stay glued to the TV on Sundays, but uh, it usually ends up with me being depressed. (laughs) (laughs) Screaming at your TV. Yelling at the TV, just not feeling like doing anything. So today I decided to go on a hike, which is the perfect day for a hike because it's the air show going on in San Francisco this weekend. That's right. The sailors are here. It's fleet week. You got the Blue Angels flying overhead, the Raptor jet, Red Bull plane, all the other crazy planes. So spent my day outside enjoying the sun and, and the cool breeze. 
and uh, getting my my chime notifications every time there was a touchdown. <laughs> like, bling, bling, Brady, bling, bling, Fournette, bling, bling, Kelsey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't like having I don't have like noti- like having notifications on on my apps except for my fantasy football app because yeah, I yeah. I want those updates every time. They but happen. then when you don't get anything for 40 minutes, you just know you're doing poorly. You're like, man, I haven't seen a touchdown notification in, in an hour. <laughs> now, ain't that some bullshit? <laughs> now you had sounds like you had like the best weekend yeah. because you you're just like enjoying it. Smiling Island, looking at your points and you're having this great mm-hmm. day in San Francisco Can't great complain. weather and you know I got to see the Blue Angel yesterday with my daughter I took her on an awesome hike nice. we went up to this place Corona Heights in San Francisco that overlooks most of San Francisco had a blast with her checking out the awesome show yeah. seeing the planes fly by even though we're a little farther away but it was yeah. really fun um, the Blue Devils and it gave me the opportunity <laughs> to get it just sit and do exactly what you didn't want to do which was watch football all by myself yeah. <laughs> and I got the chance this week this weekend I wasn't going doing things with the fam I didn't go swimming my wife was nice enough to let me watch some football all by myself awesome uh, which was great and I, I thought like the games were really fun all all day like the morning games the yeah. afternoon games and then yeah. my fantasy team was exciting I was like beating my opponent who's your buddy from Florida and he's got a great name Mr. Delta Variant Delta Variant <laughs> and he goes by uh, his team name is Devontae's Inferno which is actually hilarious because of Devontae Adams yeah and Devontae Adams crushed today which was brutal like I was doing good and then Devontae Adams got like first thing in the morning a crazy amount of touchdowns I mean he's so good oh my god he's the best receiver I went up against a ton of difficult players like he had Michael Williams the Chargers wide receiver who blew up and got 28 points and Devontae Adams got 26 points and then like I was projected to do really good against him and then he had all these great scores but luckily I also had some really solid plays my guy Mike Evans got the benefit of Tom Brady he got 23 points that was sweet I also had finally my tight end finally came through after the whole year I drafted the rookie Kyle Pitts for I think that's his first name finally came out for Atlanta Falcons and he finally came out and he came out when I was basically sleeping because that game was oh, in nice. London. So that was oh, awesome. Yeah. I woke right. up and I was like, I got 17 points on the yeah, board already. What yeah. a good way to start this, the week. Oh, yeah. And I had, I think I had done something in like on Thursday night. So I was already feeling good. But then Barkley came out and got injured early in the game off the most fluke thing. Did you guys see that injury for Saquon no. He tripped over one of his own dudes. He stepped on a guy's foot and his ankle like looked like it broke in half. Oh. I but told a, you he runs violent. He looks like he's looking yeah. for an injury when he runs. Oh, he just looks yeah. all like... He's great when he's do doing so good, good, but yeah. This is so capable of so much. I mean, year one, he was awesome. Year one, he didn't like get injured ever, but then like year two, it seemed like... Or was it year two or... Was year it, one. Yeah. Year one, he was no, healthy year the one, year. he did good. But it's like a machine that, like, it goes really good when it's really, really fast. But then, like, you know, like, you run really fast. If you go faster than you can really go, you stumble over yourself, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's him. He, like, started off really good, but he, <laughs> yeah. he couldn't keep up with yeah. the way he's He's got so much so force. He's, yeah. he's like, I can't stop myself. There's so a foot like, in my way. Down, oh, well. Getting all cheeks and shit. Well, that's going to wrap it up. Hopefully you enjoyed the fantasy football conversation add-on that we had this week. We had some technical difficulties right around that point, so it was a good time to cut it off. But there was a lot of great information for any fantasy fans. Got a chance to hear about the fantasy league that I'm in and the kind of fun that I have every week enjoying fantasy football as part of my football experience. Big thanks to my two guests, Reinekis and the commissioner of my league, Professor Eggs. 
So thanks again for listening to Strider Reviews NFL Football. I'm your host, Ian Strider. Hope you have a great week. Enjoy your time. Enjoy some football, hopefully. And until next time, see you on the flip side.